Hey, thanks for hanging out with us here on another episode of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. My name is Brent Axe. So thrilled to have you here. Hey, do you subscribe to this podcast? You should, and it's very easy to do. All you have to do is find Syracuse Sports Podcast in iTunes or Google Play, hit that subscription button, and then whenever we do a new episode, it's sent right to your iPhone or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's a beautiful way to keep in touch with all the great things that we're doing here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Give that subscribe button a click, and it's really exciting. You get this little notification on your phone. A new episode of the Syracuse Sports Podcast is available. And you can listen to it on demand anytime you want. So thank you for being here today. Rex Culpepper, what an amazing story. The Syracuse quarterback who overcame cancer and now is just looking forward to being part of a normal quarterback competition at Syracuse. I caught up with Rex. We'll hear from him coming up here. Plus, it's Father's Day weekend. And I think of all the bonds that have been forged over the years between fathers and sons over not only sports, but maybe Syracuse sports. We'll get into that coming up as well. But first, you know what? Maybe the kids are all right. There's been a lot of attention this week about the comments made by West Genesee lacrosse coach Mike Masser after West Genesee lost in the state championship game to Ward Melville by a big margin. After a 15-2 loss to Ward Melville, Masser said, quote, we were outclassed, no question about it. That team was well-coached, and they played hard, and athletically, they were beyond us. It was a difficult day for us. I anticipated they had the potential to do that, so it's not a surprise. You know, a typical response from a coach after a big loss. But then things started to go a little south. Quote, the difference between this team and most of the teams we've had that have done well is the mental talent. The mental talent is not there. They don't have it mentally. They refuse to have it. They've been a group together a long time. They feel they know how to play the game and how it should be played. And sometimes they can't get away from that. Masera went on to add this. They quit a long time ago because they were not listening. That's what I said to them. You quit a long time ago because you didn't follow directions. You did what you wanted to do. And how do you like it? I've dealt with it all year long and I've warned them and I warned them that this was going to happen. They don't have that self-discipline to do the right thing, the right time the right way. And he closed with this. It's not the wins and losses. It's the process of what goes on with the team itself. Can you reach the kids? I couldn't reach them. No matter what I did, they didn't respond. I feel bad that I couldn't give them what I gave the other guys, but that's what it is. Those were certainly the words of a man who is one of the best coaches in the history of the sport of lacrosse. The record speaks for itself, but also the painful words of a man who knows he can't reach this current generation. And that's sad. It's sad that Masser felt he had to say that after years of preaching discipline and respect. It's sad that Masser felt he couldn't reach this group of players. But to simply insinuate that had they listened to him, maybe they would have defeated Ward Melville, I think is wrong and I think is disappointing. I respect Mike Masser immensely and always will, But I think that was a disappointing way to end, particularly after the players that had responded before Mike had spoken to the media were given an opportunity to respond to that. And while there were a couple of players who were tempted, took the high road and did not. So it really brings to mind a clash of generations here. And think about it. The generation before us, we're going to talk about fathers and sons and Father's Day later in this podcast. Think how many times you roll your eyes. It's something your father used to tell you, right? He used to walk to school uphill both ways and five feet of snow, and I think he killed a grizzly bear with his notebook on the way there. 
So you would take those lessons from the generations before us and try and apply them to this. But the fact of the matter is, generations change. And we are in a generation where high school kids have more access to information, more access to technology, and the world moves faster than it ever has. So whose fault is it? Did Mike Masser properly adjust to that generation? Did they properly adjust to him? There was a real clash there. But what I have found, and certainly I don't cover high school sports as closely as some of my colleagues here do at Syracuse.com and other places, but I found that maybe it's more the adults than the kids that are the problem. That's not to say there aren't some kids out there that are different. They're self-entitled. They expect things to be handed to them easier these days because it's simply easier to get things these days, as I mentioned, with the advent of technology. But this week, we did a high school sports awards at the Landmark Theater, the All-CNY High School Sports Awards, which I had the pleasure to host. And in getting to do that event and getting to see the kids on the stage at the Landmark Theater and talking to some of the parents and the kids themselves, hearing the stories and hearing where these kids are going to go to school, You do not get into the Massachusetts Institute of Technology by being somebody who just expects things to be handed to them. There are a lot of great stories about how the kids today are adjusting to the world around them, a world with school shootings, a world with a president who, despite your politics, is very divisive and has divided the country itself. They persevere, they are resilient, and they find a way. Are the adults more the problem than the kids? I think it's a question worth pondering. The West Genesee situation is just one example of that. But from what I have seen, these kids are amazing. They found a way to be successful despite a lot of obstacles that show they should not. It is on us as adults to adjust to them, teach them, lead them, and guide them that makes them understand best. And the best way to do that is a very simple thing that maybe Mike Masser and others failed to do. That is to simply listen. We need to open our hearts, our minds, and our ears and listen to our kids. And we might simply be amazed at what we find. Because one way or the other, they are leading us forward. Speaking of extraordinary young men, had a chance to catch up with Syracuse quarterback Rex Culpepper this week on ESPN Radio. Here's what he had to say about beating cancer and getting back to normal, competing for the starting quarterback job at Syracuse University with the 2018 season just a couple months away. What a pleasure to catch up with this gentleman, of course, uh, a quarterback for the Syracuse University football team. And as we know, over the past couple of months, has been fighting off cancer. He rang that victory bell recently and now is just ready to focus on some football. Let's bring him on. Rex Culpepper with us here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Rex, thank you so much for the time. It's a simple question, but it's one everybody wants to know right now. How are you? I'll tell you what, I am fantastic, and I've never been better. I've never been um, more appreciative to just be alive and be healthy. Rex, you rang that bell recently, and I imagine that's the culmination of a number of things. But what did that mean to you when you got to do that and signify that for now, you know, cancer is always something you have to keep an eye on and monitor, but, you know, you got to claim a victory right there. What was that like for you? Right. I've worked so hard and, you know, just been through an extreme amount of worry and stress and to finally ring the bell, it, it kind of, I kind of feel like I left cancer right there where that bell is and I'm far away from it now and I'm completely healthy and it was a magical feeling and the best way I can describe the feeling is it, it felt, it felt, uh, it felt like beating Clemson, you know, just the euphoric, amazing feeling 
it was pretty similar to that. Rex, what's that process like for you? Because you can't claim a victory, but cancer is something you have to respect. So what is the follow-up? What have the doctors told you? Do you have to go in for visits just to kind of monitor things? What's the process like from here for you now health-wise? Well, as unlucky as I was, I did get lucky that testicular cancer is a curable cancer. So I'm not in remission. I'm completely cured, and I I don't have to go back. Um, So moving forward, it's all about getting back in shape for football, but cancer's in the rearview mirror. Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's a 96% cure rate, and that battle is getting through the chemo. So now that I'm through, I'm completely done. Fantastic to hear. And that being said, that had to be scary when you, when you heard that word. Take us back to, you know, how you found out you had cancer and what you were feeling at that time. Did you immediately go into, okay, how do I beat this motor, or what were you feeling at that time? Right. Well, I, I just went in for a, a routine checkup. And they sent me to the hospital to have an ultrasound done. And as soon as the doctor, you know, came back with the ultrasound reading, he, he said, Rex, I, you know, this is extremely hard, but you have testicular cancer. And you're also scheduled this time tomorrow for surgery. And so, you know, here I am. I came in just for a checkup. And now I found out that I had cancer and I am scheduled for surgery. So I was like, okay, well, well, slow down. Can I call my mom? So I, you know, I immediately called my parents. Um, and they, uh, reached out to Lee Moffitt, who's a dear family friend. And he kind of, he kind of created uh Moffitt cancer center in Tampa, which has grown to be an amazing, uh, cancer center. So we, we flew down there and got surgery and got squared away with treatment. And my whole attitude about the whole thing was at that point was, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let cancer affect me. I'm going to, you know, respect it. But at the same time, I'm going to keep everything going in my, you know, in my life, uh, so that was my that was my mindset at that time. Rex, for people that don't know, and you can speak from experience having gone through this now, is testicular cancer something that can affect young men? I, I've heard that it's something that can you know strike somebody of your age. It can really affect anybody, of course, uh, you know, of any age. But it seems like it's it's one of those cancers that can that can get you even if you're in great physical shape like you are. Even if you're you, know, you feel you're you know twenty twenty one twenty two years old, you're in the best shape of your life. You know you feel indestructible in a way. But it's something that really can get anybody at that age, right? Right. When when you hear cancer, you definitely think of, you know, old age or even unhealthy lifestyle. But testicular cancer is unique in that it is most common in younger males. I think it's 16 to 35 um, is like one of the risk factors. And I had no idea about that. So when I found out I had cancer. I said, there's no way I'm 20 years old. Um, and come to find out, that's actually one of the most uh, susceptible ages to testicular cancer. Rex, when you found out, of course, you mentioned you called your your parents and you wanted to go through the surgery, and then you get in, into the treatment plan, and it was kind of a whirlwind. You were going through spring football at the time, but, you know, was there somebody you reached out to or reached out to you that was really a great guide for you, gave you great advice on, on how to handle a situation like this? Because it seems like that, you know, people that have gone through cancer, they're the best guides for people that are going through it because they can tell you exactly what to expect. Right. Um, and I was blessed that a teammate of mine who I, you know, he and I were extreme rivals on the ping pong table, <laughs> but also fantastic friends. He, uh, he had gone through the exact same treatment as I did or that I was going to go through. And he had testicular cancer when he was in high school. Um, and that was an incredible resource for me because I've seen him 
I mean, he's beat me in ping pong. He's got to be doing something right. That's not easy. So, you know, he's in great shape. He's working out with the team. And uh, Nolan Cooney was a, a, an amazing resource for me to have to be able to talk to, to find out, you know, hey, this is what the doctor's telling me that I'm going to feel, but what am I really going to feel? And, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I can't thank him enough for the – you know, the support that he gave me and the knowledge that he was able to help me with. Rex, it was a pleasure to catch up with you. Everybody was rooting you on. So happy to hear you're doing well and you're ready to just dive right into football. And and when we heard you ring that victory bell, uh, it rang uh, throughout Syracuse, New York. Trust me and every Syracuse football fan out there. Thanks for your time. Best of luck going forward. We'll definitely catch up soon, my friend. Thank you very much. Another Father's Day weekend has arrived. And for a number of you, I'm sure that brings up a lot of memories of sports. Do you remember the first time your dad took you to a game, watched sports with you, talked sports with you, or maybe coached you in the sports world? I certainly do. I remember it vividly. I was down in the basement playing with my Star Wars toys, and dad came walking down the stairs and had a pair of tickets in his hand. He was taking me to a Syracuse University basketball game against St. John's. And I remember going to that game and being distracted by other things, being amongst 28,000 people in the Carrier Dome. The Dome itself, Otto the Orange, getting ice cream at the game. But eventually, as we went to more games, I started to pay a little bit more attention to the game itself, asking Dad more questions as he would sit there patiently and answer them. My passion for sports only grew as a kid, and my dad was there to help fuel that experience, taking me to Syracuse games, Buffalo Bills games, baseball games, things that I would ask him to take me to or simply sit down and watch with me. Dad taught me about the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. How could that Scott Norwood field goal miss, Dad? How could Keith Smart break Syracuse's heart, Dad? He was always there, ready, willing, and able to answer those questions. I hope you had memories like that with your father. No matter how divisive fathers and sons and fathers and daughters can get, sports is one of those great unifiers. And Father's Day weekend is a great example of that. The U.S. Open is going on. And I always knew no matter what was going on between my father and I, we could sit down on that final day and simply watch the Open and bond. And I would turn to my dad and ask him a question, and he would always inevitably fall asleep at some point during the U.S. Open, so I'd have to wait out the snoring before I could get that answer. I cherish those days. I remember them. I lost my father a few years ago. And when I think about him, I often think about how we bonded over the sports world. I think about how proud he was that I was able to carve out a career in the sports world. The memories I have of my father are nothing but warm and amazing. I hope you have the same memories of your father if you lost him like I did. I hope you have those memories if he still is with you today. And if you are a father teaching your son or daughter or sons and daughters, stepsons and stepdaughters, or whatever the case may be, about the world of sports, answering their questions as patiently as your father answered yours, enjoying the moments, knowing that they grow so fast, the thrills of victory, the agonies of defeat, and everything in between. Happy Father's Day, everybody. That's the Syracuse Sports Podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes or Google Play. Just hit the subscribe button, and we will send you new episodes of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. I'm Brent Axe. We'll talk to you next time.